Shalom. I'm Yaakov, and you're listening to Line Upon Line, a podcast dedicated to a Messiah essential understanding of the Scriptures. In this episode, I'd like to introduce you to the prophet Amos and the scroll that records the words placed upon him by Adonai El Elohai Israel, the Lord, God, God of Israel. According to the first verse of the scroll of Amos, Amos, whose name means burden, load, to carry, prophesied over Israel during the reigns of Uziah, whose name means my strength is Yudevavhe, the king of Judah, who reigned from 792 to 740 BCE. He's also known as Azariah, as recorded in 2 Kings 15.1, and the reign of Jeroboam, that is Jeroboam II, Jeroboam meaning people of contention. Jeroboam II was king of the northern tribes, and he reigned between 793 and 753 BCE. The text tells us that Amos was a resident of Tekoa, Tekoa meaning trumpet blast, a small town situated in the allotment of the tribal land of Yehuda, Judah, 15 kilometers south of Bethlehem, that is Bethlehem, the house of bread, and 27 kilometers from Yerushalayim, that is Jerusalem, the name meaning flood or downpour of peace. Amos, unlike his contemporaries, was not a professional prophet. Answering Amatsiyahu, the qualified, that is qualified by way of appointment among the northern tribes, albeit apostate priest of Beit El, that's Bethel, house of God, Amos says, I wasn't a prophet or the son of a prophet, but I was a sheep herder. I also took care of fig trees. But Adonai took me from following the flock and said to me, Go, prophesy to my people Israel. You can find those words in Amos 7, 14b to 15, and that's my translation of the Hebrew text. Amos was a layperson and a manual laborer who prophesied in obedience to the call of Hashem. This encourages us to ask, have I allowed myself to be defined by my work or am I owning my identity as a child of God, understanding that my vocation is the outworking of His redemptive purposes? There is no such thing as an unqualified child of God. Note that Adonai took Amos from following the flock, that is, a flock of literal sheep over whom he was a shepherd, and positioned him to direct the flock, metaphorical, of Israel. Let's take a look now at the ministry of Amos. The main part of his ministry is presumed by some to have taken place between 760 and 750 BCE, only 30 years before the Assyrian captivity of the northern kingdom, which occurred between 722 and 721 BCE. 
Amos, whose contemporaries were Hoshea, that's Hosea, he saves, Yonah, that's Jonah, dove, and Yeshayahu, Yudhevave has saved, that's Isaiah, ministered to Israel at a time when both kingdoms were enjoying prosperity. We can read about that in 2 Kings 14, 23 to 15, 7, and in 2 Chronicles 26. It was a time when both the northern tribes and Judah, that is, the southern tribes made up of Judah and Benjamin, were practicing idolatry, immorality, injustice, and oppression of the poor. Rav Avam Zakut and Rav David Ganz suggest that the ministry of Amos followed on from that of Hosea and was prior to that of Isaiah. They say that Amos received, that is, was taught, the Torah from Hosea, and Isaiah received, that is, was taught, the Torah from Amos. Although Amos was from Judah, he was sent by God to pronounce judgment on the northern kingdom, that is, the ten tribes of Israel, and is likely to have ministered primarily out of Beit El, that is, Bethel, the house of God, the name El or Elohim, denoting judge. Now let's take a look at the scroll of Amos. The scroll of Amos is set during the period of divided monarchy when Bethel was used by the northern kingdom as a central location for cultic worship in direct contradiction to God's instruction. That is the instruction to center all worship of Adonai in Yerushalayim, Jerusalem. This is found in Deuteronomy 12.10. The illegitimate worship rites conducted at Bethel are condemned by God through Amos. Thus, the primacy of Jerusalem is implied. Israel's unique relationship to God and her position among the nations is emphasized and as is the case with numerous prophetic works of the Nevi'im, that is, the prophets of Israel, moral living is given primacy over the offering of vain sacrifices. With regard to modern rabbinical practice, as it relates to the yearly Torah cycle, it's worth noting that Amos 2, 6 through to 3, 8 is the haftarah, that is the completion, fulfillment of instruction, read alongside parashah, that is the portion, vayishev, and dwelt Yaakov, and that portion is found in Genesis 37, 1 through to 40, 23. Also in the Ashkenazi tradition, Amos 9, 7 to 15 is read as Haftarah for Parashah Achre Mut, after the deaths, which is found in Leviticus 16, 1 through to 18, 30. The former passage tells of Yosef, Joseph, being sold into slavery, and the latter of the events following the deaths of Aaron's two sons after they had offered foreign fire before the Lord, that is, fire of a human origin or fire used for idolatrous worship. Both Torah portions have significant thematic connections to the scroll of Amos. 
However, a comparative study of the portions in question is beyond the scope of this particular introduction. As is always the case, we remember that the scrolls of Scripture in their original languages do not have chapter and verse divisions. While for scholarship reasons and ease of locational referencing, chapter and verse distinctions are of some value, and while we ourselves choose to teach the text using the commonly used divisions, it is nonetheless of great importance that we view the scroll of Amos as a whole document and do not become guilty of decontextualizing it in order to promote preconceived modern notions based on the use of secular scholarship practices. One modern example of a popular false conclusion adopted from the scroll of Amos relates to the oversimplification of justice by those who promote secular social justice, using it as a means for political gain. This form of social justice is based on a misreading and decontextualizing of chapter 5 verse 24. Such is the influence of the secular counterfeit of social justice upon both contemporary Jewish and Christian scholars that some introductions to the book of Amos, citing 5.24, go so far as to say that social justice is the primary theme of this work. Frankly, that's utter nonsense. Amos 5.24 does not diminish justice by confining it to one part of its whole, that is, social justice. Rather, within the context of the scroll of Amos, justice in its fullness as an attribute of God is being taught. Thus, we read, let justice roll on like a river, and not let social justice roll on like a river. When we qualify the text of Scripture by insisting that it placate our modern political leanings, we disqualify ourselves as teachers of sound doctrine. Now let's look at the actual themes of the scroll of Amos. Certainly justice is one of the primary themes of the scroll, alongside repentance, righteousness and reconciliation. The scroll begins with the pronouncement of God's judgment against the nations, the last of which are Yehuda, Judah, and Israel, God's chosen people. Through Amos, God calls for repentance and warns of the day of the Lord. However, as is the case with many of the prophetic writings, a rhythm of blessing, rebuke, punishment, repentance and restoration once again shows that God's mercy both precedes and is the result of his judgment. Thus, the scroll of Amos begins with blessing in the form of a warning and ends with the promise of Israel's redemption, reconciliation and restoration. Now a word on names and their meanings. It's important to note that the people named in the text are historical figures and the towns and cities are historical locations. Likewise, the peoples named are historical peoples. In addition to this, each proper noun has a meaning that denotes the prophetic outcomes being discussed. From before the beginning, 
God saw the end of these people, peoples, and places and forenamed them accordingly. God's foresight does not negate human free will. Human sight is limited to time and space, while God's sight is unlimited. To finish this introduction, I would like to read through my translation from the Hebrew text of Amos chapter 1 as preparation for the next episode, which will focus on a line-upon-line study of the first chapter. Amos 1, verse 1. Words of Amos, who was among the sheep herders from Tekoa, which he saw, perceived, beheld, prophesied upon Israel in the days of Uziah, king of Judah, and in the days of Jeroboam, son of Joash, king of Israel, two years before the shaking, that is, the earthquake. And he said, The Lord from Zion will roar, and from Jerusalem has set in place his voice, And there is mourning in the pastures, the habitations of the shepherds. And the head of Ha-Karmel withers, dries up. Thus says the Lord, upon three rebellions of Damascus and upon four, I will not turn away. Upon the threshing in the sledges of the iron, specifically Ha-Gilad, And I will send my fire into the house of Hazael, and it will devour the citadels of Ben-Hadad. I will break the bar of Damascus, and I will cut off the inhabitant from the valley of Aven, and he who holds a scepter from Beit Eden. And they will go into captivity, the people of Aram, to Kiriah, says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, upon three rebellions of Gaza and upon four, I will not turn away. Upon them is the removal into captivity of those dwelling in peace to imprisonment to Edom. And I will send my fire on the wall of Gaza, and it will devour the citadels. And I will cut off the inhabitant from Ashdod, and he who holds a scepter from Ashkelon, and I will turn my hand upon Ekron. And the remnant of the Philistines will perish, says Adonai the Lord. Thus says the Lord, Upon three rebellions of Tyre, and upon four, I will not turn away. Upon the imprisonment of captivity of those dwelling in peace to Edom, and he did not remember a covenant of brothers. And I will send my fire on the wall of Tyre, and it will devour the citadels. Thus says the Lord, Upon three rebellions of Edom, and upon four I will not turn away, upon his pursuit of his brother with the sword, and destroying his compassion. His anger also tears apart continually, and his wrath is guarded, kept, maintained perpetually. And I will send my fire on Teman, and it will devour the citadels of Botswana. Thus says the Lord, upon three rebellions of the children of Ammon, and upon four, I will not turn away. 
upon their ripping open the pregnant women of Gilad in order to enlarge their territories. And I will kindle my fire on the wall of Rabah, and it will devour the citadels amid soundings of alarm on the day of battle in a raging storm on the day of gale-force winds. Their king will go into captivity, he and his princes together, says the Lord. Thanks for listening. I encourage you to tune in to the next episode when we do a study of chapter 1 of the scroll of Amos. I also encourage you to share this podcast with family and friends and those who are interested in things of faith. If you're interested in the commentary that I've written to go along with this introduction, you can find that on our community website, www.bethmalek.com, on the tab marked Yaakov's Commentary. If you click on that tab, you'll find the most recent commentary. And if you use the search box, you'll be able to put in keywords to find any other previous commentaries that you're interested in. Thanks so much for listening. Shalom Lechem.